Uga, I saw you back in July for the screening of your film Beyond the Light Barrier, which was closing off the Encounters Film Festival. And I'm just so happy that I got to be there and watch it with you. It was such a wonderful evening. Oh, my word. Obviously, for me, highlight to have you there. The 5FM family is sort of part of my journey as a filmmaker and specifically you just always being there for us. It's almost like you're my my good luck totem. So it was amazing to have you there. <laughs> oh, it's such a pleasure. And, and since then, your documentary has won numerous international awards. You've been to Canada, I saw. What's been going on in the life of Uga? Yeah, you know, this film took 13 years to complete with an incredible amount of people along the way, many who came back to help take it to the finish line. So it's, it's, it, it means the world and extra, or maybe even the world and beyond, seeing that we are dealing <laughs> with all of that in this project um, on so many levels. Uh, we won at the Female iFilm Festival in Canada. We won Best International um, Foreign Documentary, and that was a biggie. I mean, this film has the best of female filmmakers from the world. And also, it, we were human beings in the same room again, remember, post-COVID. Mm. So that was super exciting. Um, on Home Turf, we um, got nominated in both categories at Encounters Film Festival for a Best African Documentary and Best African Director from the Female Continent, something, something like that, <laughs> and got special mention there, which we're so grateful for. Um, and yeah, and obviously to have opened at Encounters, um, we, we were lucky enough and, and fortunate enough to have a Cape Town and as you know, Joburg screening where you and John Carney joined and Paul Slabelepsky, it was so awesome, but I'm from Cape Town. So I always say it was like, it was like the wedding, like better than any wedding I've ever been to, including my own at the time, <laughs> because it was. Everyone I loved and brand new people to love, all there, sold out. So, yeah, even my kids were there. So, um, I mean, the only people that weren't there was my dog and my cat. It was like, yeah, but my plumber, my dentist, my 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 son Goma, my psychic, my team, my Amal, you know. So, it was just so cool. Oh, that's so amazing. And now Beyond the Light Barrier is screening worldwide on Amazon Prime Video. What does that mean to you to have your film reach such a large audience? You know, it really means the world. And and I have to say, Amazon, um, the team of people I worked with there, Zach, um, um, Natalie Deal, Catherine Grenfell, who made the intro at the time, it was really important for me that it, that it, should be Amazon just because my first documentary, Alison, um, is still actually doing extremely well. And and if I can just brag a little because it's it's more about South African again for the sake of the team that worked on that. Um, it's such a survival story, but that became the first film from South Africa to trend on Amazon Prime in the US and the UK before streamers were in Africa the way they are now. And I always knew the audience for this film, well, proof will be in the pudding, but because she wrote the book, Elizabeth Clara wrote the book Beyond the Light Barrier, which was always circulating on Amazon, um, you know, on, on, the, on their book site, I just had a gut feeling that it should be them. And, and, and how it worked out, again, it was part of this just honeymoon of awesomeness 
um, even in how they've been working with us and just a lack of group of people there. And I've got a shout out for Zach, my, my commissioning editor, who, who has had a lot of patience with me and just solid belief in this project. Uh, he made it all so easy for us. And you mentioned the film was 13 years in the making. So you had this idea before you even made your award-winning documentary that you just mentioned, Alison, which I've told you many times before, still sits with me to this day. It was so incredible. Um, But we don't see many extraterrestrial films from a South African perspective. So what drew you to making a film about Elizabeth Clara's story? Yeah, it's funny you would say that because that was supposed to be my first film and it's my third. That's how long it took. Of course, Angelina in between for Netflix. Um, and yeah, it, it, it was just never supposed to be like this. But because of the subject matter 13 years ago, people were not open the way they are now. Disclosures were not happening the way that, you know, we, we see it in the news all the time. UFO this, mm. documents that. Um, they made Project Blue Book since they've. There's been, you know, this is this is long past the days of ET, which is a fiction. This is this is presented as nonfiction, and a lot of people had a lot of issues with that. So everyone wanted to see, but no one wanted to pay. And again, it was Amazon who who took this risk and well risk, but who who just without flinching said this sounds awesome we want you to finish it so also because it was my first film i made a lot of mistakes i broke a a lot of rules and a lot of credit cards and a lot of (laughs) internal hearts over here behind closed doors um but that was the only way to get it every time we shoot a little bit we shoot a little bit and of course my incredible dop georgia court and executive one of the many executive producers on this who who, you know, she was the first one in. She was the first one in of my career when I said, I have this story, which has been with me since the age of eight, when the story broke in the Heisgenoot back in the day, oh. written by Petrovna Mettlerkamp, the journalist, who, by the way, is in the film and who was at Encounters and did a Q&A with us at, in Cape Town, like a beautiful full circle moment. But I was eight. And I remember at the time, you know, my body of work is about inspirational females. It's about the underdogs. It's about out of the ashes she rises, like a Linda Hamilton in Terminator. And this one is no different because can you imagine? I know the judgment and the boxing I got just when pitching this by many. Mm-hmm. Imagine Elizabeth Clara, who, by the way, was a meteorologist, super intelligent got flown to this Baden where 22 of the world's biggest and brightest minds quizzed her in 1975, allegedly moved on to the House of Lords and the UN to represent or present her findings, which were groundbreaking at the time, until the moment she said, when people asked her, but how do you know what you know? And she says, well, because my extraterrestrial boyfriend from an advanced human race took me in his spaceship and went and showed me. Like, I get how that is a bit much for most, but my issue wasn't any of that. My issue was, I remember even as an eight-year-old thinking, because the story went that his spaceship's lights blinded her cat, and I'm a cat person, Mm. even though I love the tea, my box is right with me as I'm talking to you. (laughs) But how could he do that and not fix it? Why is his ship's light so environmentally 
dangerous. Like, so you see, so I don't think he's that cool, although she did, and a lot of other people might, but there's a lot that I found. And if it didn't take 13 years to make, I wouldn't have found out what I found out in the end. And I think this is still only the tip of the iceberg. So to answer your question in the longest possible way, <laughs> sorry, um, that it, the story has been with me since the age of eight. It took 13 years to make. And I'm actually so grateful for all the disappointments along the way because every disappointment gave me another another unpacking, another revelation, another, oh, my word. Like the the roller coaster we went on as crew on this because then you believe it, then you don't, then you might, then you should, then you, you know, it's it's like that. It's still like that. I still, I'm still not sure. Yeah. And you mentioned the environmental aspect and um, how Arkin's lights were not the best for, for like the cats, for example. But you've actually said that this is actually an environmental film and you even went to Chernobyl and collected your own footage there as well. Can you elaborate on the environmental aspect of the film? You know, thank you for saying that, because ultimately this is absolutely what it is. It is 100% an environmental film, because it's something I feel extremely strong about and always have. And, and you know, I'm on this planet, and, and, and I love this planet, and, and we've, got, we've got a lot of work to do because of what we've done here. Um, and I found for me, you know, Al Gore made that documentary that I think it won the Oscar at the time. But but that's speaking to an already sort of converted crowd, if I could say it like that. Mm. You know, your average person that's that's open to environmental messages is already envirom- pro-environment inclined. But that's not where the work lies. We need to get through to the the, the more people. Now, how can you get through to more people better than throwing an alien and a spaceship in there? I mean, I'm yet to find an environmental film with an angle like that to say, listen, let's talk about the things we already know is going on, but we're going to go to the other side of the galaxy and, and bring that into all of this. And maybe then I'll have your attention. So you asked me about Chernobyl and and the reason why I tied Chernobyl in, and interestingly enough, that part of the film doesn't necessarily resonate with everyone, but I was adamant to keep it in because the biggest fear or the biggest warning Elizabeth Clara has is, of course, um, nuclear, this nuclear threat. And I mean, uh, Dennis Delstrack actually tells you in that film who made a, a documentary called The Weaponizing of Space, there is there is... There's nuclear weapons in space on orbit around us that can be set off with a push of a button. Um, We all know what nuclear has done to this planet and what we have done to each other with it. And and, and that is still our greatest um, worry. Now, for Elizabeth Clara's bunch up in Meton, allegedly, he is more worried about that personally as well, because if we had to have a full-scale nuclear war on Earth, the effect of that, and this is scientifically a fact, not just um, uh, esoterically or whatever you want to call this, the effect will will, will be outside of, of Earth's orbit potentially as well. And it would or might affect them too. So it's it's twofold. And the reason I went to Chernobyl, though, 
And I must say to you, it was a a, a life-altering experience. Like life can never be the same once you've experienced that because they also have their own law there, their own rules in that 30-kilometer exclusion zone. It's it's their rules and you're on your own. And you also have to, at the time, I don't know if it's changed because this was before they made the series Chernobyl and all of that as well. Um, you even had to get police clearance from the military because there's areas in that place that's still so um, active that you can make a dirty bomb with just taking some soil home with you. Sure. You know, that that's the reality of, 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 of nuclear. And that was just a nuclear accident. Um, and I don't know if you remember when the Russian troops came through the, the Red Forest, um, the, the radioactivity levels and radiation levels spiked um, globally, like all the people that's monitoring these things. And that's just from trucks driving through the forest and leaves rustling because of the movement. So you, it's a real thing. And what Chernobyl teaches me or reminds me about is nature always finds a way because Chernobyl has, has shown, has proven that we've got the, the it's, it's one of the biggest um, wildlife sanctuaries in the world. Well, you know, unofficially, it's not a sanctuary mm. by, by choice. Um, animals have found, and this is my favorite part, animals have found a way to assimilate the radioactivity in their bones and have healthy offspring. Humans can never go back into the exclusion zone and make a life for themselves because it's just the, 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 the levels are still too high. So I am hoping that by looking at the selfish nature of the human tribe, that will be the ultimate warning if you don't do something about where we're at. Because, I mean, it's almost already too late if you look at the stats and, and what they're predicting. It needs to happen now, not in 10 years from now the changes we need to make so yeah it's it's a last resort and chernobyl for me was that reminder it's definitely a unique film i've never seen anything like it which which i love um and something i, I also thought was really cool is that you actually interviewed elizabeth clara's uh, human son in the film how tough was it getting him to be a part of it you know david so elizabeth clara was married before she met her extraterrestrial love of her life allegedly um, she was married here on earth in fact she divorced twice and with a second husband which by the way is a big deal for women in the 50s mm. I mean she was quite a rebel um, but with her second husband she had two earth children um, Marilyn and David oh and for the viewers because the reason why we're saying earth children is because allegedly there's also a space baby that she went after making passionate love in between um, environmental stuff. So that Archon took allegedly back to his planet, which I think makes him just yet again another <laughs> hole because he takes the child and the mother never sees the child again. I mean, hello. Mm. But that's a story for another day. Um, David, her Earth son, is an incredible guy. He's... he's um, and he's he's been given a lot of criticism because of what he said when he said he doesn't completely believe his mum's story. But when you watch the film and he tells you why, there's no weird business there. He 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 adores his mother. 
there's no hard feelings, but there's a few things that he that she said that he doesn't agree with, and this is why. Despite the fact that he's had UFO experiences of his own, unrelated to his mum's claims and ex- and alleged experiences, um, he is he's not open to talking. I think I'm probably the only one that's ever gotten an interview with him. Um, and I built the relationship for many years. I actually also got got it by writing a letter because he's very hard to find. And I found three Claras in Durban and I wrote to all three saying, listen, this is me. Um, all I ask is I just want to talk to you. And this is why, you know, and I just it's just the honest truth. This is why I want to talk to you. I think that I have an issue with the lights. I would love to talk to you some more about it, too. And he reached out. He answered my letter. He phoned me because I gave him my number. Sure. And yeah, that's how it all began. And and it's an incredible interview and very from the heart. And yeah, he might have a brother from out of space. He doesn't seem to think so, but proof the proof will be in the pudding, right? Do you have, I think I remember you saying you didn't necessarily have any alien encounters of your own, but have people come to you with their own stories since seeing the film? Holy camoly, yes. Um, for 13 years, <laughs> I have heard so much. And I have, I have, I just want to say that I have never seen a spaceship. I've never had an encounter of a third kind, but I don't need to either i also have no no desire for mm. it by the way just wanting to make that very clear too because for me the way i live my life i i, I believe in the impossible i believe in the unknown i i believe in in miracles and magic whatever word you want to put to it um and and i love that because how boring would it be otherwise and and i really find it hard to believe that this tiny little dot in the greater scheme of things, that is our planet, is it. And I really hope it's not. And But I also really hope it's not just Archon either. Because <laughs> as we know, I don't think he's that grand. <laughs> That's so funny. I agree. I believe that um, we, we don't know any better. So how can we definitively say they do or don't exist? Exactly. But what I do know is that I am here on this incredible ball of such beauty and I really want to try keep it that way as much as I can and that's why 13 years of really actually sacrifice I will do all over again if it means that at least we can just have another angle as to how to look at this and also just on a, on a, on a different subject a super cool female that was very flawed with many layers who can teach us some of our biggest lessons today in 2023. That's pretty cool too. That is pretty cool. Uga, thank you so, so much for your time. I'm so excited for everyone to watch this film and congratulations again. Thank you and for always for the support. Catch up from some of the best moments from the 5 Drive team by going to 5FM's catch-up page on the 5FM app or 5FM.co.za.